welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and joining me in the studio today is Mr. Stephen Taylor and Ms. Dana Townsend. They are both with Pathways here in Jackson, Tennessee. And today we're going to be talking about disaster relief, and we'll kind of dive into what that looks like when with Pathways involved uh, in just a second. Before I do that, I want to introduce my guests. Like I said, it's Stephen Taylor and Dana Townsend. Hello, y'all. How's it going? Going pretty well. It's going well. Good. Yeah, pretty out there. It today, is pretty so out. Cool. I thought you said it was windy, and I was like, it's that too. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Well, thanks for coming in today. Like I said, we're going to talk about disaster relief. And when, when I hear disaster relief, I think of like churches going to Florida to help with hurricane relief and that kind of stuff, which very well might be similar to what you guys are doing. So we'll, like I said, we'll kind of dive into that in just a second. But before we do, Miss Dana, we'll start with you. Just uh, tell me what you do for Pathways and then what you like to do when you're not at work. I am program manager of crisis services at Pathways. Okay. Um, that's an eight-county catchment of mobile crisis responders. Okay. And in the disaster relief program, I'm the clinical manager. Gotcha. What counties are involved with that? We have... Put you on the spot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Henderson, O'Brien, Lake, Crockett. Weekly. Weekly. Mm-hmm. And one other. Just four? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you shouldn't have asked me. You should ask me. <laughs> <laughs> we got four counties. Okay, cool. And what do you like to do when you're not working? I have kind of a menagerie at my house. You know, 17 cats, six dogs, a macaw, a guinea okay. pig, rabbits, you name it. So play with the animals yeah. and sit on my porch drinking coffee. All right. Playing with my grandkids. Are you related to the people who own the safari park? I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. I'll have to come hang out with your animals at some point. That sounds fun. All right, Stephen, what about you, man? Well, um, I've been with Pathways for going on nine years now. Uh, Right now, I'm a mobile crisis responder. Okay. Um, Dana's actually my boss here, so she'll be hitting me from time to time, make sure I'm staying in line. (laughs) But, um, you know, mobile crisis, it encompasses a lot of things. Um, Sure. We talk to people who are usually kind of at their lowest and try to find find, find a way out for them. We do me a favor. Will you pull your mic up just a little bit more? Oh, I'm soft-spoken. Uh, sorry. You're, no, you're fine. It was just on the edge of, like, almost feeding back because I would have had a bump. Anyway, Yeah. super technical. Yeah. That That's better. You can get a little closer to it if you go to the side. Oh, here we go. I don't know if they still do the pus in me, but, otherwise, but it might help. There we go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, cool. So, like I've said probably four times by now, disaster relief. Um, so just give me an overall overarching definition of what that means specifically for pathways. Like I said, I think about like churches going down and helping and, or hospitals sending ambulances to whatever beach that needs extra people. Um, but what does that mean in terms of what pathways does with it? Generally speaking, um, this disaster release pertains to the storms that came through here last year. Okay. Um, and specifically it's, affected those counties in West Tennessee that we cover. Like Dana said, Henderson, uh, O'Brien, Weekly, and Lake. Tornadoes pretty much ravaged those areas. Mm-hmm. And some of those 
areas you wouldn't even recognize them if you knew them before yeah i'm being from dyer county you know it was nothing for us to go up to lake county all the time to go eat or go fishing or we had our family reunions there uh, for the longest and lakeview if you're familiar with oh, lake yeah. county was my favorite restaurant in that area and it is no more it is no more and at all it, there's no building there at all yeah it's it's strange to drive up there now and see nothing so you know for the people who live there and went there more often than i did you know i can only imagine how they're feeling yeah, and I've spoken with many different people concerning that. Uh, people have been displaced from their homes, lost their homes, trying to be rebuild from what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got definitely got to be tough on them, but it's got to be tough on you guys too. Seeing you know potential constant disaster. Yeah, it, it is because you know we're people too. Right. You know we're going to go into this and we're going to pick up on some of those feelings. Yeah. I mean, you can't help but have a heart for some of the people you're talking to. Of course. So where all of you gone? with this program well um like we said we're going to henderson obion weekly and lake and if you're not familiar with those counties those are huge counties Mm -hmm. but the communities in them are mostly very rural so uh, i've been to say in lake county tiptonville i've been all through tiptonville and obion you know sandberg was heavily hit Mm -hmm. so i spent most of my time there um in weekly county dresden Met a lot of different people in Dresden. Um, still to this day, though, we drive up there, and there are trees through houses still. Yeah. You know, they're doing what they can, but after a situation like this, it's going to take a while to recover. Absolutely. And, you know, in Henderson, I've been down through Lexington, Sardis, Scotts Hill, meeting people that I wouldn't probably have a chance to meet unless I was doing this. Yeah, for sure. He meets with the, or tries to meet or at least talk with the EMA directors, police departments have been talking mm-hmm. to schools, churches. Okay. Um, he and his colleagues, he's the team leader, and mm-hmm. we have several other who are working with him. And they are boots on the ground, yeah. talking to people face-to-face and going out there and identifying need and yeah. just kind of letting them know Pathways is there for them and what we do. Yeah. So this might be a, a silly or seem like a silly question to you guys, but when you say you're going to Sandberg, do people that live there know you're coming or do you, is it like a door to door kind of like, Hey, we're here. Um, Oh yeah. So, so, so far it's been a door to door thing. Okay. Um, you know, when I go out into the communities, they're usually doing what they can to get by. Um, and I show up, talk to them, make sure they know, Hey, there's, we have resources available to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's been door to door. I haven't really been rejected much. That's good. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That's really good. Obviously, there's not just one pathways, and you know when I typically when I think of pathways, my brain goes to the one that's on uh, summer. It's just because that's the closest one to my office, my house, all that. But they're all across West Tennessee. So, are there people from those pathways departments going with you guys as well, or is it just a select few from a certain office? Oh yes, um, you know each county. At first, we had a designated case manager. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have three people on my team. Okay. Um, they are case managers in that community, so they have a very good grasp of the community, the people, and just what we can expect if we do go out. Yeah, that's great. So what kind of emotional responses have you seen from the people that have been impacted? Right. Well, I'll sort of lead with the bad and finish with the good. Here. Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously with this disaster, people have lost a tremendous amount, uh, all the way from loved ones to homes to mm-hmm. precious belongings so I see a lot of people depressed, anxious, um, don't know where to turn from here kind of deal. They, you can only imagine, I mean, their home is gone. They probably lived here 50 years. Yeah. And now they're having to 
plot a new course in life that they yeah. probably wasn't expecting to plot. I've only been in my house for 10 months. So I, I and even now I couldn't imagine yeah. having to go through something oh, yeah. like that and losing my house. So the people that have been there for ages, God bless those people for sure. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, along with that, like I said, precious belongings, I've met with people who have lost collections of things that they've been collecting for probably 50 years or yeah, more. Sure. And it was really good to see a community come together. And with that understanding, I mean, I met with this lady in Tiftonville. Um, the community came together and tried to salvage all of her pictures from back from time span since, I don't know, probably her kids were born and before. Yeah. And so as a community, they came together and tried to give her back that piece of her life. And it was great. I'm sure that was a, a good day for her. Yes, it was. Yeah. And uh, that leads, kind of leads into the good there. I've seen in the communities, people become very resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, communities bond and come together, you know, where before there might have been some bias or, you know, just standoffishness. Yeah. Uh, after this happened, people are people, and we got to help each other out. Yeah, for sure. Which leads me to my next question. So, obviously, the initial thing that you think of when disaster comes through is that exactly is a disaster, is pain, is all, is all that. But what kind of strengths have you seen uh, come from these communities? Well, um, like I said a while ago, just people coming together and realizing, hey, we're people and we need to help. Yeah. Um, and also the organizations in the community really stepping up. Um, churches, political leaders of the community, mm-hmm. business leaders stepping up and trying to help out where they can and if they can. Yeah. Obviously, these these types of things are ongoing processes. Like, it's not going to be fixed in a weekend or, or even potentially a year or more. So what kind of needs are you guys still seeing, uh, even from the storms from last year? Well, um, just the needs I'm seeing now, people are still displaced. They're not in their homes anymore. One of the biggest needs I see is just the need for people to continue to bond together, continue to talk to people, communicate, open lines of communication, and Mm -hmm. making sure your neighbor's getting help, too. And also, you know, we could go into the funding need as well, (laughs) but I'll refrain from that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different ballgame. Oh, I'm sure it is. So off mic, we talked a little bit about uh, this acronym that I'm not really sure what it is. It's RSP. Um, I just know it stands for a regular service program. So what exactly is that? Regular service program is kind of making sure these communities know that, hey, services are still available to you. And that's part of what I do. Okay. Um, I go meet with people trying to make sure if you need help, we're here. Yeah. And that was a kind of touch and go at first because people I was finding, they knew about path- Pathways. They knew the name, but they did not know what we did. Uh, okay. <laughs> They had no idea what was available. Yeah. And so, you know, just trying to climb that wall, break down that barrier. Yeah, sure. Spread the knowledge. So as you guys have been out there doing that, have people started to, uh, quote unquote, buy into Pathways? Have people like started utilizing you guys more? Um, I'm sure they have. I'm not privy to the numbers or anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure they have. I gotcha. Uh, What all services are you offering through this RSP program? Well, there's a lot of services. Um, first off, we're offering initial counseling uh, free of charge. People could call in, get that service set up if they need it. And then segueing into our other services, you know, if, if counseling is something that needs to continue on, we'll set you up with that. Uh, we can set you up with medication management if that's needed. Um, and there's also a copious amount of other services we mm-hmm. do. Uh, whatever Pathway has to offer, we're going to try to make sure – 
if it could benefit them, they're aware of it. Pathways has basically from early childhood up to geriatric. I mean, we don't have hospice services. Okay. But we are a community mental health services and from birth um, all the way up into, you know, geriatric services yeah. we offer at Pathways. Um, and like he said, a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, part of his community outreach is to let them know it's not just counseling or medicine it's resources for you know housing or where are the food banks where the clothing banks those kinds of things for people in the community yeah that's amazing well if you think of disaster as having a life cycle Mm -hmm. their tornado victims are in the recovery or reconstruction phase okay um and they have different needs and in recovery you're routine resets and people tend to kind of scatter mm-hmm. naturally and understandably so yeah, so sure. moving forward how does what would he like to see from the communities to kind of keep them cohesive what can they do okay community fundraisers or whatever for a community storm shelter what kind of emotions can you expect to see over time doing all this even say a month from now or a few years from now well there's a wide range of emotions in you know, keep in mind, in the business we're in, we're dealing with people. We're not yep. dealing with, you know, inanimate objects or right. cattle or anything like that. So when we're talking about it in that sense, we could see a wide range of things. Sure. Um, we could see trauma. You know, I've met with people in the community who now they, anytime it rains or a thunder boom comes, they're right back in that moment. Mm-hmm. So you can see depression come from that, anxiety, all sorts of negative emotions can come from that, anger. Just people mad at what happened. Yeah, sure. On the other flip side of it, you can see a lot of good come from it. You know, I've seen people that have developed a lot of hope, uh, realizing that, hey, I don't have to go this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, just connecting with others. Yeah. So it's, it's a flip side, depending on the person, depending on what the individual will feel. Yeah. And it will, especially in mass casualty incidents and large events, the fallout can last for a couple of years. Sure. You know, be tuning along in your new house and reach for something and then realize you lost in the tornado. You're going to have that gut punch even mm-hmm. two years from now. But over time, that emotional reactivity will will wane. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, it's grief is grief. Oh, loss yeah. is loss. Oh, yeah. Um, to the collection that that lady had to your home or yeah. you know so those kinds of things when they're large events like that last a while yeah sure off mic a minute ago we were talking about like where we're from and you being from halls maybe from uh, from dyersburg those there are areas i guess around those towns that are very rural and it seems like coming from a rural situation mental health ne- hasn't necessarily been put on the forefront of yeah, of a problem i guess if that makes sense and example, growing up, it always felt like I was just told, hey, just deal with it. You know, it's fine. You're going to be okay. Don't think about it. And that, that obviously doesn't work. Like in the long term, that doesn't work. So I guess my overall question is, are you seeing a lot of that in the areas you're in? And if you're getting pushback for, I'm a grown man, I can just handle it, it's fine. Like, how do you push back into that, telling them that it is okay to talk to people? Well, um, with this disaster relief, I haven't ran into that much okay um, as far as people are very open now because after this disaster you know they're willing to take any help they can get that's fair but as you say growing up i did run into that and that's yeah. still a very real presence in these rural communities 
things. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, in my job now, when I run into that, I try to encourage the people um, because they think it's a weakness or some kind of deficit they have that they're needing to reach out for help. Yeah. You know, I, I try to remind them how strong they already are. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, or lady, whoever, you got this so far on your own. Right. So, you know, we're here to help you the rest of the way. Yeah. Rural areas are generally extremely Mm self-reliant because they don't have hot and cold running resources. A lot of times they don't know that it's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So by presenting what's there and available helps normalize what they're experiencing. And if we can help them to understand that what you're experiencing is normal and adaptive, it's not a symptom of anything. It's not a, it is part of the recovery from this. Yeah. And it's, you know, you get your appendix out and you got to go back and see the guy to get the stitches out. Right. Sure. I mean, you're sick again or right. sick at all. It just happens. Yeah. I'm glad you said not, not sick at all. I feel like a lot of people in those situations feel like there's something wrong with them if they have to talk to somebody about something. Yeah. Is that, was that fair to say? Like mm-hmm. you've yeah. run into that maybe? The people who do research into these things, everybody experiences a level of fallout. Yeah. Um, everybody. And so being depressed and anxious and worried and scared if a leaf twitches outside your window, that's normal. Yeah. It is not a sign of weak character or anything like that. So the issue becomes when you're recovering and you're back at work and you're doing and you're doing and the, the color has just kind of run out of to your life. Mm-hmm. That's not a sign of weakness. It's fallout yeah. from trauma. And that's a that's as much a biological function as anything else. So it's important for us in these programs to help these people understand, yeah, you're taking care of business probably better than I could. Yeah. But that didn't mean that there's not more business for you to take care of for yourself. Sure. You know. Yeah. So is there any disaster information you guys, any, any additional information you guys want to share? Uh, maybe phone numbers people can call or uh, resources in the communities that you already know that are in place that can help people? Well, um, you know, we here at Pathways, we do have numbers you can call um, for free, anonymous counseling, or if you have questions about something you're facing. Um, we have the crisis hotline. It's 1-800-372-0693. And listeners, if you need that phone number, it's going to be in the description of the podcast. Do not hesitate to call if you're in need of, at the very minimum, an ear to listen to you. You know, that that's why they're there. Um, don't, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like it's weird to call. It might feel strange, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. No, definitely not. So, It actually means that you're having a response that can be expected from the situation that you've been in, not yeah. anything abnormal or out of the ordinary. Yeah. Given the situation, it's ex- it's to be expected. Yeah, for sure. Like I spoke of earlier, you know, churches are really stepping up and people in the community are really stepping up, you know, and the help is there. You know, sometimes we just got to ask for it. Yeah, for sure. And that can be the hardest part. Is The hardest part. I, I feel like you and I being guys... It's almost expected to like get it all done on your own and don't, you know, don't have to rely on somebody else, but that's not healthy at all. Being strong for your family also means modeling for your children to get help when you need it. Right. That's exactly right. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Uh, I was not aware of the disaster relief that you guys did. And I'm very glad to know that I have two people in this office, uh, 
out of the team who does this and they genuinely care about folks. So, um, you know, again, that crisis hotline number is on there. If you're in need of it, don't, again, don't hesitate. They want to help you. Um, you're not just a number to them. You're a person with, you know, human feelings and emotions and they genuinely want to help you. So, uh, Dana and Steven, thank you all so much for everything today. I really appreciate y'all coming in to talk. Thank you. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health. Thank you.